Well, hey everyone. Welcome to episode 252 of F-Stop, Collaborate and Listen with your host, Matt Payne. This week on the podcast, I was joined by a German landscape photographer who excels at making quiet and intimate photographs that spark the imagination, Julia Riddell. I have been following Julia's excellent work on Instagram for quite some time and I've been really impressed, so I reached out to see if she wanted to join me for a chat on the podcast. She was reluctant due to the fact that English is not her first language, but she agreed and did a great job on the show. Before we get going, I wanted to let you know about a really great opportunity to network with lots and lots of other photographers while learning from 60 professionals in a fun virtual environment. You can join me at Out of Chicago Live on March 11th through the 13th for a fantastic weekend of fun and learning. I'll be teaching a class on selling prints through your website, and I'll be joining up with former guest of the podcast, Ben Williamson, for a presentation to share how we approach locations and scenes that are new to us for the first time. We hope you can join us. Just head to outofchicago.com for more details. Lastly, I wanted to thank our newest patrons, Michael Gagne, Dan Stark, and Debbie White. Thank you for stepping up to keep the podcast going week after week. It really does help. You too can support the show at patreon.com forward slash f-stop and listen. Okay, let's get to the show. All right. Julia Riddell, it's great to have you on the podcast. Hi, Matt. <laughs> Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I um, I'm a really big fan of your of your work, and I've been really enjoying following you on Instagram. And I'm gonna get that wrong too, probably, but it's Alashayan Bunt. Is that right? Is that your your name on? Oh yes, it's a very complicated name for uh, not. German-speaking people. Right. <laughs> yes. uh, the meaning is everything is um, so nice and color. Oh, okay. Got it. Which is kind of which is kind of funny because your a lot of your work is not with a lot of color. Yes, that's <laughs> the fun behind it. <laughs> right. Cool. Awesome. Well, for people who aren't familiar with you and your amazing photography, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself? Where do you live and what do you do for work, um, etc.? Okay, I uh, start with my introduction. Introduction. Oh, my English is not so um, sophisticated, so I hope uh, everybody will uh, understand me. <laughs> I I'm giving my best. Absolutely. Um, hello, everybody who is listening to this podcast. And thank you, Matt, for the invitation. I'm uh, really honored to be um, um, elected. <laughs> I don't know if it's the right word. I love um, that word. That's perfect for this situation. You're, you've been elected. I love it. <laughs> my name is Julia, and I hope uh, everybody will enjoy this interview. Uh, I think my age uh, doesn't matter, uh, it's not so important, but I am quite old. Even <laughs> my children are old, a little bit old. They're in the mid-twenties now. For this reason, um, I'm finally free of the responsibility, responsibility <laughs> of raising the kids 
And so I have a lot of free, not a lot of, but I have some free time um, to arrange. Uh, and I like that I have this time and I use it a lot of time for, for photography. It's also yeah. a very difficult word, <laughs> photography. Right. Um, nevertheless, I have to submit to the um, times of work. So I'm working as a teacher and I have not always free time and I have to manage the household. So not always time to taking for taking pictures. My family is living in the south part of Germany, close to the Lake Constance. This is the biggest lake in Germany in the south. Um, the borderline um, between Germany, Austria runs through the lake. The surrounding of my little hometown is very beautiful. There are a lot of small villages and um, a lot of farms. So it's quite rural. rural. A lot of, uh, based on your photography, I would say a lot of beautiful trees too. Yes. Um, close to my home, there's one wonderful tree, but the other ones are a little bit uh, further, far, more far away. Um, so it's easy for me to be in the outdoors after work. I can go in the forest. It's close to my house, uh, to the lake. I just have five minutes and I, I'm in the water. Nice. <laughs> yes. A lot of people are spending also their holidays in this region because mm. it's beautiful. Um, within two hours driving, there's the Black Forest. I think it's a famous region of the south part of Germany. Have you heard about it? I have heard about that. Um, I think there's a lot of well-known photographers that almost all their work is from there, right? Mm, yes. Yeah. Um, there is a big high mountain in the Black Forest called Feldberg and it always reminds me of Finland mm. because in winter it looks the same. There are snow-covered trees and it's so great if there is a lot of snow it's like you're <laughs> in Finland. It's like magic. Yes. Besides, uh, the northern parts of the Alps are right near the lake. Often we spend our winter holidays in Switzerland or Austria doing winter sports like skiing or cross-country skiing. Uh, this winter I have done a lot of works with uh, hikes with snowshoes. Mm. And snowshoes are very great um, to be free in the composition uh, during uh, photography, you can go off-road in the deep snow. <laughs> yeah, I, I have uh, I have snowshoes, and I used to use them a lot to climb mountains in the winter. But for some reason, I haven't used them much here to make photos. I need to do more of that. Yes, you are slow in the movement with them. <laughs> And yes. it's a little bit uh, more, it's a challenge because you have to be fit, I think, a little bit more fit. I was going to say, uh, it's great exercise too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I work as a teacher with the subjects biology and medicine in a mm. secondary school. After completing my medical studies, I worked only a short time in hospital as a doctor. It was just too exhausting to manage a family with two small kids. 
and the work in hospital. Uh, I got the chance then to become a teacher, and that's easier with the family life. I bet you're. <clears throat> I bet with uh, with the pandemic, you're glad you're not in the hospital now, huh? Uh, yes, but my um, students are nurses, <laughs> and <laughs> so right. I I meet the people who are in uh, in the hospital who work in hospital, right. and that's life. <laughs> yes, I you can't um, escape <laughs> from right. it. Yeah. The other part of my students are preparing to graduate from high school and attend university. Uh, in my school, there are different schools under one roof. There are students who um, um, make um, training as nurse. The other part is um, uh, making Abitur. It's called the examination in Germany to have the possibility to go university at university after this mm -hmm. examination. Being a teacher is for me also very uh, creative um, profession. I, I like to make the lessons. I have to be. I have to think about it. How can I um, teach the student and to prepare the worksheets? Also, I can uh, um, make it by my own. I don't have to use some uh, finished ones. I make it. <laughs> I'd be uh, <clears throat> I'd be curious if any of your lessons that you learn as a photographer about the natural world, if, if that ever creeps into your teaching in medicine. Is there any overlap there? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> None. Okay. No. <laughs> No, there's no no um, no overlap. meeting point. No. Um, perhaps you are interested in my person. Uh, I am quite a positive person. Uh, I like to have fun and I like laughing a lot. I'm very curious and sometimes I make fun about myself. <laughs> so I feel like you have to, and especially as a as an artist, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably, but it, uh, yeah, that's a little bit difficult, I think. With the photography, I am very um, sensible because I'm not sure if it's good or not. <laughs> right, yeah, I know, that's um same here. A lot of times I'll make something and I'm like, I kind of like this, but I have no idea if anyone else will like it. But, you know, I find it's really great to just not take yourself too seriously. Yes, you know? that's that's right. Yeah. Also, I uh, enjoy the company of other people and I like talking to them. But to be alone, I also like very much to be quiet and not to have to talk <laughs> something. That's great. So yeah, I I'm, can the, be, I'm the same. I can be in nature for hours and I love it because I don't have to talk. Yeah. I, I love that too, but I also love talking to people, but um, not at the same time usually. Yeah. Yes. And I don't like uh, small talk. I'm not a person who talks like <laughs> about uh, unimportant Gotcha. Things. Well, tell us, um, tell us about your journey into photography and how that has evolved over the years. I started in my youth with, together with my brother and my friends. Um, we discovered our um, surrounding with an analog reflex 
camera. Um, so we take pictures from the landscape and from plants. Um, I can't remember the brand of this camera. I have forgotten. <laughs> then in my 20s, I traveled uh, to Spain, to the Pyrenees and to a mountain range called Picos de Europa. Did you heard about it? I don't think so. Asturian, Asturias. In Espana. No, I haven't spent. I haven't never been to Europe except for Ireland. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great um, area in Spain because there are quite high mountains direct on the sea on the north shore of Spain. It was quite uh, wonderful this um, area because there are have in a lot of clouds in the in the mountain i think because of the because of the ocean right it was incredible so i take a big mount of photos there but i haven't i haven't got any idea about photography and i haven't got any idea about composition i just like um, taking photos yeah. for remembering the beauty of the landscape and the nature and after we i showed them to my friends and to my family in slight evenings uh you understand that yep yes Uh, yes then i have made a pause in my journey to photography during the time when my children were young i preferred taking pictures of our family life and i stopped with landscape photography then some years um, i used a small digital camera no uh, reflex camera but i was always dissatisfied with the results of this little camera and then we bought our first um, digital reflex camera mm-hmm. uh, with lenses that could be changed. But it was for hobby photographers, uh, Nikon 5000 something. <laughs> sure, yeah. And I was still <laughs> unhappy with the results <laughs> of this camera. I have uh, traveled to Namibia and Borneo, um, Malaysia, Costa Rica, and I... Um, Yes, my focus was on wildlife photography. And with uh, this camera, the results were so disappointing. The animals were very small and not sharp. And yes, it was really sad for me. And I was so unhappy about it. Uh, I took JPEGs and I couldn't post-process them. Right, of course. (laughs) So... (laughs) And then I stopped with wildlife photography because uh, I would have need, I I don't know how to say it, Um, it's important to have um, lenses with a long focal distance. Right, you need like Um, a 600 millimeter lens. (laughs) Yeah. And they are very he- uh, heavy to carry. And I like hiking always right. during my photo um, trips. And I couldn't <laughs> carry it because I'm too weak for such heavy equipment. So I stopped with this animal <laughs> wildlife photography. And I go back to landscape photography. And now my equipment is much more uh, not so heavy anymore now it's very yeah um, very light very light yes 
I, and I have find a technique to carry my tripod. I put it in the front of my stomach and the other stuff I put in the backpack. So I'm in the middle of the weight, <laughs> a little bit weight in front of me, a little bit in the back. So that's better. <laughs> Interesting. I don't think I've ever done it that way before. <laughs> yes, I, I take it like this. Um, I don't know the word for it in English. Um, um, perpendicular to your body? Horizontal. I put yeah. it horizontal. <laughs> yeah. Um, then in Germany, there's a possibility to visit adult evening classes. And I visit a lot um, for photography. So um, first I visit some for the basics of photography, um, for ISO and um, the aperture and stuff like that. After I visited some for um, long exposure photography with working with uh, filters and then also some for post-processing. Mm -hmm. I met Kai Hornung one oh, evening yeah. and he told me how can I, I could improve my post-processing. Great. That was great, yes. Yeah. Very helpful. Um, then I bought someday a Nikon D500 also for animal photography or for wildlife mm -hmm. photography, but it was not um, that uh, good, I think, because I noticed that I need long distance lenses. Yeah. And it's too heavy. So I uh, now I use a full frame mirrorless camera, and I think the, the journey. Uh, well, not the journey, the search for a um, good camera is now stopped at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> no, I... I'm, the, I'm the same way. I uh, I switched over to mirrorless in 2017 and I'll never go back, never. Yes. Well, did you hear Canon? Canon is no longer going to produce DSLRs. The oh, only... I have heard about it. Yeah, so the I think DSLR is going the way of the dinosaurs. <laughs> yes. Then the last years I traveled a lot to Iceland. I think it's a very easy destination for landscape photographers because yes. everything what you see it's it's nice. It's oh, not, I know. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yes, it's not difficult to compose a picture because it's already nice. <laughs> I agree. It's really not that hard of a place to photograph. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I made a tour around Iceland with all the waterfalls and last year, last summer I've been in uh, Kalvingafjord. I don't know if the pronunciation is right, in the highlands. Yeah. And to the west fjords. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the west. Let's see. When I was there, I went to the east fjords and that was pretty amazing. Yes. And yeah. um Yes, the Westfields also are very nice, but they have not that special locations. Um, only the one waterfall is the typical Dunyandi, um, but the other locations at the Westfjords are not so known now. Right, that's yes. awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember I took a photo out there, like literally right off the side of the road. And I don't think I've ever seen anyone else photograph that spot before. And then like 10 kilometers later, there's another spot and you hike like quarter of a mile and you have another amazing photo. I mean, it's, yes. it's everywhere. 
<laughs> it's really great, yes. This is, um, yeah, now in February, I will go to the Lofoten, Lofoten in Norway. It will be the first time for the Lofoten for me in Norway. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. And I am very um, excited about because I don't want to do the same picture as everyone right. has done before. That's, I think it's a little bit kind of boring if everyone took the same or take the same picture. So I'm excited about what I will see there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get that sentiment too. I, there, for me, and it sounds like for you as well, the challenge of trying to create something new and different is what keeps me coming back to photography. Yes, you know? and that's very, uh, I think it's difficult. Yeah, but it's very hard. You, ha you have the picture in your head you have seen already, yes. and you have to um, eliminate Yeah, just forget it. about it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I've seen this before. Uh, maybe I shouldn't take that picture. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I get that. And then you end up taking something similar anyways, because it's, it's hard to be original, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ah, I will see what happens. <laughs> you know, you've got the, the mountain and the red houses. And, yes. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I think I will do some pictures with red houses and the mountains, but uh, I'm looking for other also. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find something. Yes, probably. Then I'm also um, excited about the Northern Lights. Oh, of course. But also I'm scared about to take some pictures of them because I don't like uh, the green color of them. <laughs> but I just like to, perhaps I just look at them and think, I'm thinking, wow. <laughs> it's pretty and magical. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Everyone needs to do it at least once. It's pretty amazing. Have you seen one? Yeah, I was lucky. When I went to Iceland, we had it five days in a row. Ah, you have <laughs> been in in winter or in um, autumn? It was, um, it was in spring. Oh. Yeah, so we had, I think we had like a KP5 or a KP6 um, <laughs> storm. Oh. And and it was when we were at Vesterhorn with the mountains. And oh. it was a, And then it was like, uh, right after high tide had receded, so all the water was still in there, and so we had the reflection of the aurora too. I mean, it was just, it was ideal, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was perfect. Yeah, uh, Westrahorn, I like this location. It's so beautiful. Oh my gosh! I mean, it's overshot, but it's why not? It's one of the most amazing places I've ever seen. Yes, for me too. <laughs> And yeah. doesn't matter if it's overshot or if there are thousands, millions of pictures of it. Totally. The, the experience to see it live is also uh, yeah, and it's great. I, there's a lot of untapped potential there still, I think. You know, um, if you keep hiking, I'm trying to remember. If you keep hiking south and east to the ocean, it, there's like these jagged cliffs and lots mm -hmm. of water splashing up. And you never see pictures from that part of Vesterhorn. Um, and then, you know, those mounds of grass. Yeah. There's so many compositional possibilities, I think. It's mm. it's not, there's still ways to make a unique photo there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yes, uh, perhaps you just have to look, look a little bit deeper. Absolutely. 
and then you will find something. And it's not that hard. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's really not. It's um, yeah. it's everywhere out there. Um, so a lot of your photographs are very minimalistic, and I'm curious why you've chosen to work in this way. Um, I love the emptiness and the peace of the minimal images. For me, the reduction um, in pictures is also a way to compose them. Mm. It's an easy way, easy way to compose pictures. If you try to find um, motifs where there's not so much to see, mm-hmm. um, you can show with the reduction exactly the most important part of the motif. Mm. The viewer know, um, knows if he's looking at the picture, what's the important part of it. If yes. you use it. Yes. I, um, I try to teach that to people who are new to photography because I feel like that and you know I did the same thing but people's tendency is to get the wide angle out and shoot the whole thing right in front of them everything and then the question I always like to ask them is like okay so what is your photo of what is this about and they're like oh it's about the clouds and the mountains and this and that and that and it's like no 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 no. what is like what is your subject and it's like reduce it down zoom in get closer get a tighter composition you know and it i think i think that's an important thing to remember and to your point i do actually think it's easier to compose that way once you start to think and to see that way mm, yeah yes i think so um i don't know how i did learn it but sometimes <laughs> some way <laughs> i don't know it come to me <laughs> from self <laughs> Yeah, so are you using um, like a 70 to 200 to do a lot of that type of work? Sorry? Like a 70 to 200 lens? Are you using something like that to do that type of work? Or? Um, I have a 100 to 400 lens. Yep, gotcha. But I, uh, also, I have another one. Um, yes, something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I have also uh, 17 to, or I don't know. I can't remember. That's, that's okay. That's I okay. have a wide angle, but I don't use it so much um, because for me, it's a little bit boring. I There's always the same type of pictures, the same kind of pictures. You have a foreground with a flower. Right. Big foreground. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Big foreground. And, Leading lines going from the sides into the middle and then something big and epic at the top. So, yes. Always. <laughs> Always the same. Yes. It would be great if um, I manage in future perhaps a composition with a wide angle but different from this. <laughs> I actually... Um... I like to use a wide angle to uh, to do minimalistic work, but really close up to the ground. Um, so like, you know, you take your tripod and you spread the legs out really wide mm-hmm. and then you get your camera really low to the ground. And then you're taking picture of um, patterns and things like that mm-hmm. just a few feet off the ground. And I, I find a wide angle is really interesting to do that type of stuff. Yes, perhaps in a desert. It yes. could be great. Desert, be- beach. Uh, um, snow to, on the snow fla- and, uh, flowers um yeah there's lots of opportunities to use it that yeah. way forest yeah. floors i love to do that like um fallen leaves on the forest floor get a wide angle lens and get really low to the ground and then you have 
you can pick up all kinds of, you know, patterns and shapes and things like that. Mm, yes, I have to um, exercise more to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not able at the moment, I think. I have uh, done one uh, in the last uh, winter holidays with snow patterns in the foreground and a white mountain in the background. But um, yes, I um, you, use, you have to use also focus stacking. For sure. That ev everything is getting sharp. That's yeah. not so easy. Um, okay, um, I think I um, jo have chosen the minimalistic way also because our world is so full, full of um, noise and streets and houses and <laughs> cars and people. So I uh, there's a lot of stress in the world and I want to uh, calm down a little bit to bring more silence hmm. uh, in the world or in the in my in my work I, I like that si bringing silence with the work I mean I think most people are aiming for epic and grand and you know those kind of big loud noisy and you're looking for more quiet and I love that you said silence I think that's a very interesting way to describe it <laughs> but my English is not so perfect so <laughs> no I think it's I think it's perfect I think it's perfect silence I mean yeah that's I think that's beautiful then another aspect is that I don't want to show a destroyed nature or a nature that is influenced by men Hmm. So in my pictures, you don't find uh, houses, or not often, <laughs> and yeah. you don't find streets or bridges. I don't like this in my work. Same. I absolutely don't like including man-made objects in my photos, except to tell that story about our impact on nature. Yes. Yeah. Um, Therefore, a lot of pictures of my um, well, pictures are blue. Perhaps you have uh, noticed it that I yes. like blue, <laughs> and I I read that blue is the color for peace. Yes, and calm. Yes. So yep. now I know why <laughs> my pictures are blue. <laughs> no, that's good. But, that's good. <laughs> perhaps the people are feeling the same as me when they are looking well i think i think um color is a very and color choice and and color combinations is a very unused storytelling device in landscape photography that can really help to convey all kinds of things like mood emotion mm. story um you know like you're saying you're trying to impart on the viewer a sense of peace and calm And you can't really do that with orange and yellow and red. No. Not very well. <laughs> Not working. <laughs> and yeah. I don't like um, dark colors like black and gray. It's so, uh, the mood is so heavy or so. Yes. So depress depressing. Yeah. I think. I, I get that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I it's so funny light. because. Um, A lot of the uh, contemporary work, at least the work probably coming out around mid-2010s, you know, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, that was put on like 500px. It was very dark and moody and everyone would say looks best on black because against the white background, you couldn't see any of the tonal variation at all. 
Um, so it's interesting that you've chosen to go the complete opposite direction and make everything bright and blue and peaceful. And so I think, I think there's definitely something to be said for making that choice on purpose. Um, probably you are right, but I didn't understand it. That's <laughs> because, okay. my, because my English is, I, I forgot the meaning of purpose. I don't know what it means. Oh, just um, that it's inten intentional. Ah, that you're okay. you're choosing um, to create your photographs to be bright and blue intentionally. Like it's not just because you like it. It's there's a reason for it. Yes, but I think the reason is unconscious, unconscious, unconscious. Yeah, unconscious. <laughs> I'm not so aware of it, but I do it because it. Um, yeah, it's your. It's, it's chosen, fitting for it's me. It's your preference. It's what speaks to yes, you. Yes, that is. Yeah. All right. Should we uh, should we move on to the next one? Yes. Okay. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about um, what your approach to composition is. Um, I'm thinking about what I want to show. For example, which part of the landscape is the most important part? Then uh, to reduce the content in the image is helpful to show the main part in it. Um, reduction is for me uh, to no, reduction is a way for me to create a statement in the image. In addition, I work with the division of an image. I place the interesting part in the right corner because we are reading from left to right and we have the, we want, we have the wish to look at do you the put right. It, do you put it in the upper right part. or the lower right? Mostly, I think in the lower right. Interesting. Not in the, up, not in the upper. I, Interesting. I think so. Huh. I don't think I've ever noticed that about your photos. Interesting. I'm not sure about it, but I I feel it. Like now that. I now I have now I have to look. I'm curious. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Then sometimes there are lines in the landscape uh, that helps uh, the viewer eye to find the central part of the image. If there are lines, I use them, and if I see them, sometimes I don't see them. <laughs> and I uh, notice at home, uh, in Lightroom, oh, there are some lines, I can use it <laughs> for the composition. Um, also, I figure always out where my gaze wants to go. You understand? I'm yep. always trying to figure out where to turn my, to turn my gaze. I have a feeling in... Um, if I look on my picture, I always um, feel where the most important part of the picture is. And then I, um, in the post-processing with Lightroom, I put it there, where my gaze wants to go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and what, uh, I think that's an important point, uh, because I think a lot of photographers have a tendency to ignore that intuition. You know, and if the important, if what your eye is going to is not an important part of the photograph, then something's not quite right with your composition. Mm, yes. But it's hard, right? I think our tendency is like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And that's amazing. And that's amazing. And so figuring out what to include and exclude, I think, is one of the biggest challenges that we face as landscape photographers. Yes, I think you have really to be connected with your picture. You have to, to feel it in a way. Yeah. Then it's much more easier if you be in the picture, if you are in the picture yourself. Mm. I like that. So you're you're actually kind of imagining yourself 
looking at the at the scene again yes and um fe- i think uh for me feeling and intuition is the most important way for the composition yeah so let's 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 explore that a little bit further because i f- i find that that's very difficult to teach um i think it just comes with a lot of practice and and trial and error and and failure a lot of failure is what produces intuition i think because you start to notice things that didn't work or don't work um that previously you would have looked over so i think i'm just curious kind of what do you think how do you how did you develop your intuition oh good idea good good question <laughs> oh i can't uh, i have no answer for that it's just here it's i have it i have the intuition <laughs> perhaps because i um, i'm a creative creative person i i always have doing something creative i have sewing clothes or i i am knitting i'm um paint i have been painting some pictures i have been playing violin perhaps everything together so i'm gu- i'm guessing that uh, there's instances where you've taken a photograph and then you've gotten back to your computer and you're like oh nope that doesn't work um and i'm guessing that you've done that a lot and then when you're back out again you remember oh i remember that one time i did the same thing and it didn't work so you're kind of building upon kind of your what hasn't worked to make more things that do work <laughs> hmm. i'm not sure <laughs> like that's maybe that's just me um cuz i mean i agree i think some people have a natural tendency for for intuition that comes more naturally but i i think it is something that you can you can learn i think it just requires effort and of and failure which i think a lot of people are scared of mm, perhaps could be but um i think my way was um i always want to reduce the picture and if if you would like to do that the rest perhaps come from itself so earlier you said that so you like to you like to put put part of yourself into your photographs to make them stand out how do you do that um i try being connected um with the landscape and the nature through the connection the composition is coming being connected i usually try to photograph as many facets of the subject as possible from different perspectives mm-hmm. until i feel i have found the right position so i could spend hours <laughs> on one place on one location it could i could be there the whole day and the whole night <laughs> and i forget forgot that i have to go to sleep and <laughs> it could be dangerous because i forgot eating and sleeping and drinking and perhaps i forget that the ocean is coming closer <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yes <laughs> so it's almost uh, it's almost like a like a dance or a conversation that you're having with your subject to try to tease out the best parts of it yes so it is um i have done some uh, pictures of the ocean in uh, the west west fjords and i think i i have been spending there for five hours in the evening until it's really dark <laughs> and 
I always try and um, to find a great way to find a composition. Yeah, and um, uh, how often how often does that result in nothing? Um, it was really difficult in uh, in Iceland because I want to catch the patterns in the sand, mm -hmm. and I wanted the ocean, and I want the background with the mountains, and I have I think. 2,000, uh, 200 photos of it and only one, I'm really, uh, I would say it's okay. There you go. But, one in 200. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> That's something, I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of people, you know, you see people's Instagram feeds or whatever and everything's incredible. But I think what people often forget is like that required a lot of failure. <laughs> To, yes, to get that end result. Yes, and it's really hard work. Yeah, it's yeah, not it doesn't only, just happen. <laughs> it's not only uh, enjoy and you have to put something in it. <laughs> yeah. Have, yeah, 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 you, you, have, have, to, you, you have, have to work to for it. A, yes, you have to make an effort. effort? Yeah, effort, yes. yeah. Effort, effort, yes. Yeah, beautiful. Um, can you tell us about your approach to post-processing? Oh, yes, I can talk a little bit about it, but I'm not the hero in post-processing. Me neither. So you're, uh, you're in good company. Um, first, I use Lightroom and I choose the fitting aspect ratio for the picture. So you're, uh, the first thing you do is you crop and you're trying to figure out where yes, things should go. Um, Interesting. Perhaps... At first, and perhaps later again. And okay. Uh -huh. Later <laughs> again and again and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be uh, ten times that I <laughs> try another sure. one. Sure. Yeah, no, I got. I dig that. Then I uh, make the picture straight. Sure. And I adjust the lights and the depths, but only a little bit. Um, and then there are some features uh, like color grading and curves of gradation. I I am playing around with the controllers sure. <laughs> until I like it. Uh, then there's the mask function. It's uh, new on Lightroom, a new way of... It's really good. Yes, it's really good if you are able to use it. <laughs> yeah, but, I, was, I just started messing around with it because I've been using Photoshop forever to do that type of stuff. And the Lightroom masking is actually very powerful. Yes, but it's a little bit um, complicated, I think. I agree, but you it's have, the same in Photoshop too. <laughs> yes, but, but I don't know nothing about Photoshop, <laughs> so <laughs> it's difficult. I think um, if I use it, if I put the controller, or if I use it too much, you always can see it in the picture. Yeah, for so sure. It's obvious. It's, it's really obvious. And so I'm very um, reserved with this function. Yeah. No, I because that's... I don't like if it's looking unnaturally unnatural. You understand? <laughs> yes, very much. I'm the same. I... <laughs> I try really hard not to push things too far, although sometimes I do anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for playing around, it's okay. Or you can try a lot, but... <laughs> exactly. You have to be uh, satisfied with it. If you yeah. like it, then it's okay. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. 
And in Photoshop, I only reduce the noise of the picture and I put a frame on it. <laughs> yeah, I noticed bit. you do that with every picture you add a frame. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, nicer for the viewer because there's a little bit um, a gap between the pictures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a yeah. breathing there's breathing room. I like that. Um, then I I told you before I tried to learn focus stacking and I tried also in Photoshop to put um, some some picture together. But there are always so uh, blurred um, yeah. areas in the picture, and then you have to use the eraser and to correct. Yeah. Photoshop does a terrible parts. job of focus stacking. I like to use a program called Helicon focus it's uh, way better it's okay. amazing yeah it's okay like thousand times better than photoshop for focus stacking mm. just yeah. saying <laughs> <laughs> yes perhaps in future i try it <laughs> yeah it's amazing it's, the results are so much cleaner uh, you can write it down so uh that i can yeah um, we'll, look we'll put it, it yeah i'll put it in the show notes it's um I want to say it's like $80, but you can get a discount if you're a MPN member. So anyway, yeah, it's worth it, in my opinion, if you do a lot of focus stacking. What kind of member? <laughs> oh, um, there's a website called Nature Photographers Network, uh, NPN. Um, put a link to it in the show notes. But okay. um, basically, if you pay for an MPN membership and you want to use Helicon Focus, Basically, what you paid for your membership for NPN, it covers your discount. I mean, it's totally oh, worth it, yeah, okay. so, in my opinion. And you yeah. get to access NPN, which is a great website because you can get critique and have conversations with people and stuff like ah, that. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I'll send you some links. Great. <laughs> um, for me, there's a big uh, potential for improvement with Lightroom and Photoshop. I have to really have to learn a lot more about it. Especially um, if I want to print something, there after printing you see every mistake you have done in Lightroom. It's true. <laughs> that's that's so hard. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you print a lot? Uh, no. I this year I have printed. Uh, some calendars for mm -hmm. some friends and now I have made one uh, forest picture for my uh, living room but um, but I don't need so much pictures in my house so I don't print so much <laughs> yeah I've, I was just talking about this with a friend of mine who lives in Scotland and he said just you know over in Europe there's just not a lot of people who print print and sell their work very large and i was trying to ask him why and you know a lot of it's the houses are smaller and people don't tend to put a bunch of stuff on their walls yes it's uh i only need one <laughs> for <Right>. one wall <laughs> yeah and i'm like the opposite i'm like oh there's a little space right there i can put something <laughs> Well, let's uh let's talk a little bit about emotion. Um, how do your emotions and emotional states impact your approach to photography? Um, sometimes life can be sad, but I think you can't see the sadness in my images. Um, perhaps the sad episodes in my life have caused uh, that I escaped from life and spent hours in. Searching the intact nature. 
probably because life is also so complicated, um, I prefer to simplify my pictures. But not only sadness determines my life. As soon as I am surrounded by the beauty of the nature, I am filled with a huge zest for life and joy. Hmm. Um, I also dreaming of traveling and alone. This imagination makes me happy. <laughs> and um, for example, for Lofoten, I am planning where to go and with the imagination of what kind of pictures I could do there, it makes me happy and perhaps um, you see this afterwards in my work yeah. <laughs> when I come back. <laughs> I'm curious, do you find yourself seeking out nature when you're sad? What uh, is the meaning of seeking out? Um, just look, do you find yourself, like when you get sad, um, do you want, do you go out and make photos? Yes. So I forget the trouble. I forget um, the weight of my, of my life sometimes. Uh, and I feel detached, detached from life. Do you, find, do you find that doing the photography helps you um, process or deal with sadness? Yes. Afterwards, I have much more positive energy and it's like a cut between life and <laughs> enjoying to be outdoor and photography. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, possibly the feeling of freedom is reflected also in my work especially the road trip to Iceland gave me a feeling of freedom. I could decide every day where to go if I want to stay or if I want to go further. And that's so great to be free. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I have the feeling of power and independence if I'm outside and doing some photography. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's all, all of the above for me as well. <laughs> yeah. I think that's uh, everyone who is speaking with you in or talking with you in this podcast. Everybody tells that, is telling that. I think so. Although it's, I think for some it's a little different for each person, right? But um, I think there is definitely that theme of the act of getting out and making pictures is a is a healing process, or it, mm -hmm. you know brings joy to your life, things of that nature. So I I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, uh, what do you find uh, most challenging when it comes to making a compelling photograph? Um, the biggest challenge for me is to realize an idea in an environment that at first sight offers nothing concrete, but is nevertheless unique. How do I photograph a scene that is great in its entirety, but has few details that stand out at first sight? One example is the landscape of the Table Mountains in the West Fjords in Iceland, um, or the ocean that seems so endless and awakes a longing for distance. These landscapes 
I treat for all senses, for all the senses. But how do you show something like that in your picture, in your work? Nowhere are concrete forms, landmarks to orient oneself by, or structures to hang along. So how can I translate what I have seen in such a way? How I'm curious. I... Tell us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes, these are questions come yes. up <laughs> in me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps the answer is to be connected <laughs> with the landscape. And I think also to take thousands of pictures. <laughs> and then perhaps there is one that's great. <laughs> Or that, that what represents that what you are feeling. <laughs> hmm. uh, then for the Lufoten, a challenge for me is how can I photograph the northern lights? so that they are not like the <laughs> thousands, millions other <laughs> northern lights pictures. And also with the green color, I have <laughs> difficulties of the northern lights. So I'm not so sure about them. I yeah, I will see what happens with the northern lights. In I think <laughs> if nothing else, you can see it as a, as a challenge, you know, to try to do it in a way that feels personal to you can you repeat it please um i think it for you i think it'll be great to see it as a challenge to try to photograph the northern lights in a way that's personally expressive and speaks to you yes that's the point i have to find a way so that i'm i think okay that <laughs> looks interesting <laughs> yeah I, when i when i did it for the first time It's pretty overwhelming, honestly, because it's mm. it's happening really fast. Ah. Um, well, it can, not always, but one of the nights that I did it, it was moving very quickly. It's a very dynamic scene. And so the photography side of it is competing with your your desire to just watch, you know, yeah. it, you know, and just take it in and, and experience it because it's a really... It's a really wonderful experience. Yeah. Yes, that's um, often the problem. If you are so overwhelmed of a scene, of the scenery, it's so difficult to uh, photograph the scenery because... <laughs> I, lo no. I love that. I mean, that's for me, that's the... Um, those are the most exciting moments for me personally because it's, it's so fleeting and uh, it's fast and it's fast-paced and... It forces you to just react quickly and be on top of your game. And mm. there's a lot of uh, room for error. And sometimes you don't execute on, on it. But I love that challenge. Yes. Um, perhaps I have to look first and enjoy the northern lights. Yes. And after at the second night or third night. If you're lucky. I, if you're lucky. Then I should start <laughs> to make pictures. Yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. I mean, it's one of those things that I think the more you've experienced it, the more that novelty kind of wears off, which mm -hmm. isn't necessarily a bad thing because it allows you to actually put thought into how you're going to make a compelling image of it. Yes, that's that's my thought behind it. <laughs> no, I think that's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are some of your hobbies and how do they intersect with your photographic process? 
uh, I told you before a little bit, um, creativity is the point where my hobbies come together. I love to create something. I feel in uh, me uh, an, an urge of creating something. <laughs> As, um, when I was a little child, I uh, have been creating some dolls out <laughs> out of something <laughs> i always have make something made something i that was fun from earlier i was designing and sewing clothes i have made a training as a dressmaker and i love knitting and um, always choosing colors patterns and the uh, Material, that is for me a, a nice experience, a satisfying experience. If everything is fitting together, then, and if something is looking nice, then I'm playing violin. Um, I oh. played in an orchestra mm -hmm. in my little town. Um, and making, um, playing music is also very cre creative because you can uh, um, change the, the tempo. Tempo, <laughs> yeah. You can play um, faster or not so or slower, and you can change the loudness. Um, so the expression is totally different how you play music, and that's the same in perhaps for photography. You can <laughs> variate the expression of the picture. It sounds like uh, your pursuit of these other creative hobbies has really uh, primed your brain into uh, being able to engage in creative pursuits more readily, including when you're out taking pictures, you can get to that state of mind where you see things that um, perhaps someone who doesn't engage in creative pursuits as often might not be as able to do as quickly. Could be, yes. Perhaps yeah. uh, change something in my brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we all are creative beings. I think we all have that. But I think the more that we flex, flex that creative muscle, the, <laughs> the more easily it uh, comes to us when we're out taking photographs. Could be, yes. Yeah. Um, my but my favorite hobby <laughs> is being outdoors and hiking and taking pictures. <laughs> um, in the past, hiking was the most important activity during traveling. I like traveling also a lot. But now I hike for finding photo locations or could be that I want to hike perhaps uh, hike um, for hours. Or five hours, but then afterwards I uh, stay at one place and don't hike <laughs> because there's something interesting. And I perhaps I am on the border of the lake and there are little mussels and the light is playing in the little waves and could I could stand there for hours and then hiking is not so important anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and I get the sense that uh, winter is a great time for, for you because all of that snow and ice kind of reduces the busyness of the scene and allows you to do some more of that uh, minimalistic type work that you're so good at. That's, that's, um, that's true, true. <laughs> yeah. Winter is 
make it so much more easy for minimalistic photography. Absolutely. In summer, in summer you need more uh, water. Yeah. So, and with filter, you can smooth the water and then you have also a very quiet part in the picture. Right. Or you have to use the, the sky. Beautiful. Always negative space. It's important for minimalistic pictures. Beautiful. Well, I have one more question. Uh, do you have someone that you would recommend for the podcast? Um, yes, I have thought about it. Excellent. I don't know. Uh, you know, um, I think you, do, you know Bruce Percy. Yes. But he hasn't been in your podcast. No, already. not yet. No. We've, we've exchanged a few emails, but not yet. Uh, I am a big fan of his work and he had, was inspiring, uh, has inspired me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, your, your guys' work has some similarity for sure. Perhaps I have <laughs> um, picked up some ideas of him. <laughs> yes, that's okay though. <laughs> and uh, Helen Trust, you know her? No. T-R-U-S-T, Trust. Okay, Trust. awesome. Another woman, Franka Slothuber from Netherlands. I discovered her the last weeks. How do you spell that? <laughs> um, the last name, S-L-O-T-H-O-U-B-E-R. Thank you. Slothuber. I don't know. Franka is the, for, uh, the first name. Awesome. And there are some more. <laughs> I like Trüm Ivar Bergsmo. You know him? Uh, yes, I've From heard of that. Yes, 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 yes. Um, they submitted um, a lot of really fat, fantastic images to the Natural Landscape Photography Awards. Yeah, yeah. And Richard Martin. Yeah, Richard, he's great. <laughs> yeah, he does a lot of um, kind of, how do I say this, uh, impressionistic uh, work that's minimalistic, but also... I think he does some double exposure type yes. stuff and yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like his stuff a lot. Yeah. I would like to do also so uh, pictures in this kind of yeah, way. That seems <laughs> but I to have be, to learn uh, it. <laughs> that seems to be gro growing in popularity. I don't know if you follow um Elvis uh, Dolly. He yeah. does a lot he does a lot of that kind of stuff too. Yeah. Yes. Very yeah. nice mm -hmm. pictures. I yeah. like him. Yeah. Well, Julia, this has been really great. And uh, despite the fact that you are fluent in a thousand languages and I'm fluent in only one language, <laughs> we made it work. And so thank Thanks. you for thank you for your bravery and keep up the amazing work with your fantastic and unique images. Thank you very much, Matt. <laughs> you um Ask me the right question so it was easy to answer. Yes, it's easier to answer your own questions, isn't it? <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Well, thanks to Julia for the fun conversation on the podcast and keep up the great work with your quiet nature photography. You can find links to her work in the show notes or on my blog at mattpainphotography.com. As mentioned on the podcast, a great resource for landscape and nature photographers is Nature Photographers Network, or NPN. NPN is a website and community that's full of articles and engaging forums 
dedicated to our craft and art form. NPN is offering podcast listeners a free 30-day trial to the platform, plus 20% off your first year of membership. Just head over to naturephotographers.network forward slash f-stop or find a link in the show notes to get started with your free trial. That's naturephotographers.network forward slash f-stop. You can also pick up some great discounts on some amazing resources, software, tutorials, and a lot more. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.